This is Chapter Thirty One of Sketches New and Old. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sketches New and Old by Mark Twain. Chapter Thirty One: A Medieval Romance, written about eighteen sixty-eight. Chapter One: The Secret Revealed. It was night. Stillness reigned in the grand old feudal castle of Klugenstein. The year twelve twenty-two was drawing to a close. Far away up in the tallest of the castle's towers, a single light glimmered. A secret council was being held there. The stern old lord of Klugenstein sat in a chair of state, meditating. Presently he said with a tender accent, "My daughter." A young man of noble presence, clad from head to heel in knightly mail, answered, "Speak, father, my daughter, the time is come for the revealing of the mystery that hath puzzled all your young life. Know then that it had its birth in the matters which I shall now unfold. My brother Ulrich is the great Duke of Brandenburg. Our father, on his deathbed." Decreed that if no son were born to Ulrich, the succession should pass to my house, provided a son were born to me. And further, in case no son were born to either, but only daughters, then the succession should pass to Ulrich's daughter, if she proved stainless. If she did not, my daughter should succeed, if she retained a blameless name. And so I and my old wife here. Prayed fervently for the good boon of a son, but the prayer was vain. You were born to us. I was in despair. I saw the mighty prize slipping from my grasp, the splendid dream vanishing away, and I had been so hopeful. Five years had Ulrich lived in wedlock, and yet his wife had borne no heir of either sex. But hold, I said, all is not lost. A saving scheme had shot athwart my brain. You were born at midnight. Only the leech, the nurse, and six waiting women knew your sex. I hanged them every one before an hour sped. Next morning, all the barony went mad with rejoicing over the proclamation that a son was born to Klugenstein, an heir to mighty Brandenburg, and well the secret has been kept. Your mother's own sister nursed your infancy. And from that time forward, we feared nothing. When you were ten years old, a daughter was born to Ulrich. We grieved, but hoped for good results from measles or physicians, or other natural enemies of infancy. But were always disappointed. She lived, she throve. Heaven's malice upon her. But it is nothing. We are safe. For have we not a son, and is not our son the future duke, our well-beloved Conrad? Is it not so? For woman of eight and twenty years, as you are, my child, none other name than that hath ever fallen to you. Now it hath come to pass that age hath laid its hand upon my brother, and he waxes feeble. The cares of state do tax him sore. Therefore, he wills that you shall come to him and be already duke in act, though not yet in name. Your servitors are ready. You journey forth tonight. Now listen well. Remember every word I say. 
there is a law as old as germany that if any woman sit for a single instant in the great ducal chair before she hath been absolutely crowned in presence of the people she shall die so heed my words pretend humility pronounce your judgments from the premier's chair which stands at the foot of the throne do this until you are crowned and safe it is not likely that your sex will ever be discovered but still it is the part of wisdom to make all things as safe as may be in this treacherous earthly life oh my father is it for this my life hath been a lie was it that i might cheat my unoffending cousin of her rights spare me father spare your child what hussy is this my reward for the august fortune my brain has wrought for thee by the bones of my father this puling sentiment of thine but ill accords with my humour betake thee to the duke instantly and beware how thou meddlest with my purpose let this suffice of the conversation it is enough for us to know that the prayers the entreaties and the tears of the gentle-natured girl availed nothing neither they nor anything could move the stout old lord of klugenstein and so at last with a heavy heart the daughter saw the castle gates close behind her and found herself riding away in the darkness surrounded by a knightly array of armed vassals and a brave following of servants the old baron sat silent for many minutes after his daughter's departure and then he turned to his sad wife and said dame our matters seem speeding fairly it is full three months since i sent the shrewd and handsome count detzin on his devilish mission to my brother's daughter constance if he fail we are not wholly safe but if he do succeed no power can bar our girl from being duchess e'en though ill fortune should decree she never should be duke my heart is full of bodings yet all may still be well tush woman leave the owls to croak to bed with ye and dream of brandenburg and grandeur chapter two festivity and tears six days after the occurrences related in the above chapter the brilliant capital of the duchy of brandenburg was resplendent with military pageantry and noisy with the rejoicings of loyal multitudes for conrad the young heir to the crown was come the old duke's heart was full of happiness for conrad's handsome person and graceful bearing had won his love at once the great halls of the palace were thronged with nobles who welcomed conrad bravely and so bright and happy did all things seem that he felt his fears and sorrows passing away and giving place to a comforting contentment but in a remote apartment of the palace a scene of a different nature was transpiring by a window stood the duke's only child the lady constance her eyes were red and swollen and full of tears she was alone presently she fell to weeping anew and said aloud the villain detzin is gone has fled the dukedom i could not believe it at first but alas it is too true and i loved him so i dared to love him though i knew the duke my father would never let me wed him i loved him but now i hate him with all my soul i hate him oh what is to become of me i am lost 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 i shall go mad 
Chapter Three, The Plot Thickens. Few months drifted by. All men published the praises of the young Conrad's government and extolled the wisdom of his judgments, the mercifulness of his sentences, and the modesty with which he bore himself in his great office. The old duke soon gave everything into his hands and sat apart. And listened with proud satisfaction while his heir delivered the decrees of the crown from the seat of the premier. It seemed plain that one so loved and praised and honored of all men as Conrad was could not be otherwise than happy. But strangely enough, he was not, for he saw with dismay that the princess Constance had begun to love him. The love of the rest of the world was happy fortune for him, but this was freighted with danger. And he saw, moreover, that the delighted duke had discovered his daughter's passion likewise, and was already dreaming of a marriage. Every day, somewhat of the deep sadness that had been in the princess's face faded away. Every day, hope and animation beamed brighter from her eye, and by and by, even vagrant smiles 